Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina. Today, we're going to be talking about the six areas. Today, we're going to focus in on the mental aspect of who we are. What are the six areas, Chris? Why do we refer to these? They are uh, spiritual, physical, mental, relational, and professional, or you could say slash educational, depending on where you are in that part of your journey. But when we talk about mentoring, we care about the whole person, so it's holistic, and uh, we care about this because each of these areas... We call them components of a person. Mm -hmm. They have an impact on the others. So an example would be, I physically get sick. Mm -hmm. I can't go to work, so therefore it affects my work. But there's times when I'm sick physically, and I find myself mentally struggling sure. because I'm physically sick. They, they just impact one another. That's just how it is. That's right. So we're continuing this series. Today we're going to break this up into two parts. Today's part one. Next week, pick up with part two. But we want to talk about some general areas with mental health that are worth noting. So according to John Hopkins, an estimated 26% of Americans, that's ages 18 and older, about one in four adults, suffer from a diagnosable mental disorder within a given year. And these statistics are for 2021. Then it goes on to say, and I'm just going to read this, many people suffer from more than one mental disorder at a given time. In particular, depressive illnesses tend to co-occur with substance use and anxiety disorders. There is a lot more that we could jump into um, for more information about mental health. Look at this hopkinsmedicine.org. But after 30 plus years combined, well combined, it's more than that, of working with people, of mentoring others, walking alongside of them, we have really come into some situations and we have examples of ourselves, of, of situations where what you're dealing with in your mental part of yourself really can take over. It affects the others. And so we thought we would go through some past experiences of how examples that really highlight what it looks like when somebody's struggling mentally. Um, and then we're going to give a few examples from ourselves. So time and time again, we both, I, I think we both would say that there are mother and father issues that keep people stuck in their mental. So what does that look like? Well, as struggling with things from your childhood, that were hurtful. It could be verbal, sexual, physical abuse, uh, could be neglect, could be any number of things. And on, on a range from, you know, horrific to not horrific, but any of those mother father issues, I think for me personally, I think that's a number one issue that when I'm sitting across the table from a young woman that really affects her mental, what she did or did not get from a mom and or a dad really affects. For women, I'll speak to self-image. That is a thing that women get stuck. We get stuck in our brain, in our minds. And it really keeps us from experiencing freedom. Um, it could be that moment we walk into a room and we assess, okay, who's the prettiest one in the room? It's not me. And then that keeps us from engaging or, or you know, being our true authentic selves to just feeling so poorly about ourselves. It goes into other maybe addictive behavior or, or other issues. That's past abuse, maybe. This is another area that 
when it is left alone in the mind and goes untreated, it, it causes real problems. Chris, you want to pick up with some other things um, that you've seen in working with people? Yes. One is having a mindset that I'm actually alone in this world. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm never able to have deep conversations with others. That that sounds maybe ridiculous to some people hearing this, but I believe a lot of people go through life with a mindset. I'm real. I feel like I'm alone, and I, I don't have another person to deeply connect with. Believing you're an underdog, I've seen that in my own extended family over the years. Meaning I'm less than others. I'm never quite good enough, and that that actually will manifest itself in how I present myself to other people, like in a job interview in a uh, social gathering, and in many areas. Another one would be being mentally being so skewed or distorted. My mental being, let me clarify, could be so skewed or distorted that a narcissistic relationship could be seen as normal. Mm, yeah. I remember years ago, uh, we were in a, a working environment where we had a supervisor, and he was like not diagnosed that I know of, but mm-hmm. chances are he was a narcissist mm. just based on a counselor who we'd, we'd given her information because we were seeking help for this. And I remember... Not for narcissism, but for no, the abuse. The abuse. Let me clarify. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, let's clarify. But I remember walking away from numerous meetings, rationalizing in my mind, he, he didn't mean that, or this is going to be okay, and it's okay that he said or didn't say that, or it's okay that he treated us that way. I begin to rationalize, mm. which is which is actually a distorted perspective of reality. Christine, let me clarify something that yeah. oh, we should have said earlier, but it's okay right now. Yeah, that uh, we're not here to diagnose anyone. Yeah, that's... or to act as a professional counselor. We can make recommendations, but we're talking about the mental aspect of who we are as people and some challenges and difficulties and struggles we can have in that area. Yeah, that's that's a good place to insert this big pause, that one thing that we always say in our training um, when we're working with people who want to give their lives away through one-on-one mentoring is when you're in over your head, refer, 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 refer to professional counselors. At the end of this segment, we're going to give you some great resources, but we are not equipped as professional counselors. Chances are you are not either. And that's okay. You're right. Not, that, Nobody's asking you to. That doesn't mean to, right. to be on your shoulders. But what we can do and what we want to do as a mentor is to help you engage people in a trust, a, a trusted relationship where conversations can be had, where people can open up and say, can I share with you what's going on in my mind? Right. And because when, it's really messing with me. And what we have found is when... Unless somebody is really dealing with a diagnosable mental illness, we all have daily things that get us depressed or or cause anxiety, things that we're struggling with. And as a mentor, we want to give you some tools to how to tap into asking some effective questions, giving you some tools without needing to be a professional counselor. But again, if you get in over your head, refer, refer, refer. Now let's go back. We put a pause there, but let's go back to some of the the examples of, of when people are dealing with mental uh, issues, not diagnosable <laughs> mental issues, but, but things that but are men- stuck in yeah, your mind. Yeah, mental struggles. Chris, By the way, we all have them at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, why don't you share with us, as we were thinking about this list, you said, oh, yeah, I remember dealing with the fear of loss. Unpack that. What did that look like as a mental struggle for you? Let me, let me first say that unless I verbalize what's going on mentally, 
some other people around me who may know me well, like my wife or children, they may realize that something's off or I'm struggling in some way, but most people would not. Mm -hmm. And it's not wearing a mask or having a facade. It's like, I'm trying to live life. I'm in the middle of it, but there's these mental struggles or challenges or fears are going on inside my head. Right. So this was probably, this is over 20 years ago. I was in my late thirties, I believe. And I knew God showed me, he says, Chris Elledge, in such love and compassion, God showed me this. You have been living under a fear of loss mm. your whole life. It was handed to you early on. You did not ask for it. It was just given to you in the circumstances of the family you were raised in. And it was like a lightning bolt went off. And thought, I have The fear of loss was not only living with me, but it was controlling me. Mm. And this is going through life. And so I, I could enjoy things. I could enjoy relationships. But there was an undercurrent. I guess that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. An undercurrent. In of, your brain. In my brain. In mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah. That this is good, but it's not going to last. Yeah. Lost is, oh, yes, we do have lost, guys. That's part of this life. It is painful at times. Yeah. But I did not realize that I was living in this bubble. Mm-hmm. And it controlled how I saw the world. Again, we're give talking us about another the ex- Give us another example. How did it control you? Fear of loss. Uh, we moved a lot when I was growing up. Sure. And so I never made close friends. And so when I would meet someone, I may want to have a desire, a good friendship with them. Mm-hmm. But I limited how much I would say, how much I would engage. How because much, they might be gone. Because they're going to be gone at some point. Gotcha. I didn't date much at all because I, I felt a fear of rejection at times. Again, I'm got, whatever's good today, I will lose. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, again... Guys, I want you to understand, I didn't realize I was living under this. Right. Yeah. I was blinded to it. Mm-hmm. It was a truly a, like covering over my eyes, if you want to say it that way. I did right. not realize I was living under this in a mental state of fear of loss and how it affected my, my daily life. Right. And so that's what we're saying. Did you have a mental diagnosis? No. You were struggling with something that was really keeping you from thriving. It was creating imbalance in your life. Uh, Now, could a professional counselor have helped me? Yes. Based on some of the trauma that I went through, that my siblings and I went through, yes, we should have had professional counselors. But at the same time, guys, I am a pretty healthy person, have been for years. But again, we continue to learn if we're Mm -hmm. open to it. Wow, I did not realize I saw the world this way. I didn't realize I thought about people and situations this way. It was, it was in my head, a mm-hmm. lot of it. Uh, a couple of things that I've struggled with, of course, I had a mental illness. I was, what do you call it? Label? When the doctor says you Anxiety? Have, yeah, anxiety. But what is that called? Diagnosed. Duh. Diagnosis, okay. <laughs> I was diagnosed with anxiety when I was in my early 30s. Um, so, yes, I did have a mental diagnosis. However... After really gaining some fabulous tools through the help of professional counsel, through the help of a uh, medication, there are still times when I get anxious and I know it's not my mental, my past mental illness diagnosis. I know that it's anxiety over waking up in the middle of the night and thinking about our grown children or waking up in the middle of the night with this gnawing feeling of okay, one of my girls is struggling and oh, 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 right? And so what I have found is I have a tribe of women that when we're together, I can say, okay, I just keep 
having anxious thoughts about this. Help me. I need to get it out of my head. And just talking about it is so, so beneficial. So um, we've given you some examples of what we've experienced in the past with ourselves, obviously with people we've walked alongside. But we're going to dive into now some maybe specific things that you've not thought about, things that you can ask yourself if you're a mentor, things to talk about with a mentee. But what falls under the category of a person's mental component? Well, obviously it's their thoughts, but have you considered it could be their imaginations, scenarios that they invent in their mind of if this happens, then that happens, then that happens, right? Okay, I've not thought about that. Yeah, they're chasing these, the Bible calls it vain imaginations. None of it's happened, but they're creating imaginations. Dreaming about the future. Now that can be a positive thing, right? Right. But if you're always dreaming about the future and it's stunting you from being present, could be a problem. Fantasy life. Yeah. Do we need to say anything more on that? Fantasizing about your future. uh, Or another person. Another person. It could lead into a sexual thing that's unhealthy. Any sort of fantasy that you're escaping to, that falls into the mental. Retreating, yeah, you know, I I retreat into my brain. Okay, some of that is good. Sometimes we just need some downtime. But if it's happening too often or zoning out, anticipation of the future could be a good thing. If you're anticipating your wedding day or the arrival of a new baby and you're imagining the what it's going to be like, that could be good. Uh, what about memories, good and bad memories? We're not saying that everything that happens in the mental is negative. There's positive things, should be positive things that let, are let happening. Let me speak to that, on yeah. that area of me- uh, memories for a moment. Yeah. I have been going through my day in the past and a memory from the past, that's where that's where it's from, yeah. the past. A memory. A negative <laughs> one, a hurtful one, and I start dwelling on it. Mm. And I sometimes can physically begin to feel different. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't feel good, or I feel tired. Which is I... a prime example of how the mental then has now affected your physical. And I can feel defeated, and yeah. I, go, well, I need to stop. That is in the past. Yes, if I need to get some help with it, do that. But I'm just talking about things, even things I've dealt with. Um, I will begin to, if I dwell on it. Right. And it starts circling in my mind it really does can affect me in other areas. And the opposite can be true. We had coffee yesterday with a couple and we were talking about our daughter's wedding and all those memories were so sweet. It just flooded me with the sweet, sweet emotion. So yeah, it goes both ways. You know, Christina, I thought about one of the things you guys as our family know that I love to do when uh-huh. it's someone's birthday and yeah. our family, immediate family. Yeah. I... Want to share? Want everyone to sit around the table? Say, let's share a memory about the birthday person. Right. And it's hey, let's share some ugly memories. We don't do that. <laughs> let's share some hateful, some bad memories. Right. We share funny things. We share uh, meaningful things, and I, I love that because yeah. it stirs our minds for one another, and that impacts the relationship. Yeah, that's good. And memory is good. Often, if you read the Old Testament, it'll talk about remember these things and teach. Memory is good. It's we're not saying it's a bad thing. Let's talk about the role of social media, how it affects our mental. Obviously, comparison, I don't measure up. I don't have what they have. They have this Facebook perfect life, which can we just say that's all a myth? (laughs) That isn't out there. But it could be used as escapism, boredom. Maybe you're on social media because you desire connection, but it's actually preventing you from real, authentic connections. 
Now let's talk about the dark places. Of course, in our mental, there can be tendencies to chase the dark places when anxiety gets to, I mean, I know (laughs) when anxiety goes where we can't control it. This is where we're also talking about there's general anxiety, but if anxiety becomes prevalent, you can't seem to control obtrusive thoughts, see a counselor, talk to somebody, get some help. The dark places of depression, where it's affecting your daily life, where it's a sadness that can't be shaken. But there's also depression um, circumstantial, right? You get a bad doctor's report or, again, one of your uh, a significant person in your life is hurting. There's a depression sometimes that can settle in on that, and it starts in the mental. And it doesn't mean that I need a professional counselor. No. I've been depressed before, and I, maybe I needed a good nap. Maybe I needed a, a good conversation with you or one of our girls or, or a mentor. So I can be depressed and not be in a, in a dark place. Right. There's that dark place of hopelessness. I remember specifically my health had deteriorated. We were, were in a work situation that was, oh, it was horrific. We were living abroad, and I remember feeling hopeless. And that's the worst feeling. It was really a dark place, and I had to fight. In fact, let me just preface in part two, we're going to talk about how do you renew your mind since we're talking about the mental and we unapologetically talk about we have a biblical worldview. We're going to look at what the Bible says about renewing our mind when we're anxious, depressed, hopeless. All these things that we've talked about, it all begins in the mind. We're going to give some specific tools. And Chris, I do want to share as well, there have been times in our marriage, and we've been married over 30 years, that there's been times when my mental was not so good, mm. and but yours was. Yeah. And Talking with you uh-huh. through some of it helped pull me out of it. Yeah. And vice versa. Or depress me. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Well, well. <laughs> it, it could. I mean, there's been yeah. times I would hold back because I knew mentally you, you couldn't handle it. Sure. So that's where I need to talk to a mentor or right. someone else. That's the point. Talk these things yeah, guys, out in your mind. Especially men, we tend to hold it in our our heads so much. It's like a an overstuffed file cabinet that's about to explode. Mm. You need a man in your life to talk some things through. There's no shame in that. Well, and there's just a principle. It's a scriptural principle about when things are exposed to the light, then they're exposed. And a lot, maybe not most, but a lot of the power can be taken away. I know as a young woman, I would have these thoughts and... I would just keep them in my head. And when I had the courage to tell somebody, I've been thinking about this, and they would go, oh, really? Yeah, I think that all the time. What? You know, it took like, oh, I think I'm the only one who thinks about these things. It takes the power out. Can we just uh, say, everyone struggles mentally. At everyone That's struggles. how it is being yeah. human on this on this earth. That's just part of it. So if you could decide that, determine that right now, right. other people struggle as well, yep. and it helps so much just to open our mouths and talk with a trusted person. That's part of what this is about. Well, we could have hours and hours and hours of discussion about the challenges, but do we often think about or talk with our mentee the positive mental health? I'm, I have a young woman in my life that I have seen so much progress in her mental health. Uh, There was a situation she let me know about that 
at a family gathering where typically she would start spiraling down into a deep hole. She was able to recognize, ooh, 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 I need to put the brakes on this. And she was able to snap out of it. It's important to talk about the positive mental health things. Being able to express when you're struggling, man, is that a good step toward positive mental health. And affirm a mentee when they say, hey, I really been struggling with this. Oh my word. <laughs> Affirm that. That's positive. Have you ever thought about the ability to dream and hope for the future is actually a good mental exercise? That's exercising good mental health. One of the things we have done over the years in taking a date is that we've talked about what what's something you're encouraged about? What's something you, you're hopeful for? Yeah. What's it maybe a dream you have? And that has helped me so much. It seems so simple, but it's really meant a lot. Positive mental health, the benefits, I mean, gosh, we could go on and on. But I find for myself, I'm more creative when there's something, especially if there's been something that taunted me in my head and I was able to get it out. It's like it was clogging my creativity or my energy or my ability to be present in the moment. It took the focus off myself, my problem that kept, you know, like a hamster wheel in my mind, turning, turning, turning. It unplugged that by being able to talk to somebody about that. When I've been able to open up and and get things out of my head, I have found that my creativity um, increases. Yeah. Which... That's where it begins. Right. So the the mental affects other areas as well as we sure. talked about. So We've kind of touched the, on those, but... Yeah. But our mental can strengthen or weaken our relationships. For sure. It just does. And yeah. If, you, if you're married, if you have children, you realize that firsthand. Sure. Uh, mental helps us to be productive or not productive on the job. Yeah. There's been times, you know, you go into the office and you go, man, I feel like I've, I've run circles today because <laughs> I haven't got anything accomplished. Right. But mentally, I was not doing well. Right. Uh, What else should I share on that, Christina? I think mentally, whatever's in our mind eventually comes out in emotions, which then impacts relationships, right? So it it may start with a mental thing, but it's going to most likely come out in an emotion. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm rude, whatever, which is then going to impact my relationship. I do want to speak about this next one, Uh how the mental can either motivate or stagnate our physical health. Yeah. I have been maybe feeling depressed or discouraged or whatever, but I, I know I want to go to the gym or need to. And I, I take care of myself. I go to the gym regularly, but there's those times I don't mentally have the, the motivation and energy to do it. But the times that I've made myself go, push through the mental, all right? I'm not suggesting push through the mental. I'm saying talk about your mental. Right, right, but right. But sometimes I just need to go by myself, go to the gym, and I start working out physically. Mm-hmm. It stirs the chemicals, and it's amazing how my mind is clearer, and I'm more encouraged when I leave the gym that day. Sure, exactly. It, it truly can happen. Yeah. And then obviously we know how the mental will impact our spirit. And as we were kind of tossing back, how does it really affect you as a spiritual person, as one of the the six components, to the degree that in your mind you have a false identity about God, about yourself, then your spiritual life It'll be effective. That's just, that's been my experience. It'll be effective or hindered. Hindered, affected. So if I have a poor mental thought, uh, a poor mental image of who God is and who I am in relation to him, it's going to affect me spiritually. And mentally. Yeah. 
So we have developed some resources. Chris, would you give a list of those? We, we, well, let me, we haven't actually developed We haven't these. developed them. We're, we want a list. We have a list. Right, right, right. Yeah, so guys, some, again, we want to stress the importance. We're not here to diagnose or to counsel you in a professional way uh, concerning um, mental illness. If there's a mental illness, uh, emotional uh, struggles, whatever. But it says here, here's an example. You can, if, you're, if you're struggling... You can call the National Alliance on Mental Illness, 1-800-950-6264, or you can text a helpline at 62640. Again, these will be on our text portion of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Two podcasts that we have listened to ourselves at times that I believe are excellent, The Place We Find Ourselves by Adam Young and Being Known podcast by Kurt Thompson. Uh, These are two excellent resources to listen to to gain better understanding of the mental. And Dr. Caroline Leaf, um, I've read some of her books, listened to some of her YouTube videos, how she talks about how the mind chemically affects the brain. Incredible tools that you could use. Well, we are going to have a part two. And in part two, we're going to go back to addressing the mental. We're going to give you some specific tools of how to renew your mind. We're going to role play about how would you bring up the topic about how someone is doing mentally. So thank you for listening. We are so grateful. And if you wouldn't mind subscribing to our podcast, leave a review and a rating and share it with a friend. So you can follow us on social media. If you feel like giving a donation, go to FahrenheitMentoring.org. Click on the podcast tab and there is um, instructions left for you. So as always, you, the listener, thank you for listening to Real Life Mentoring Podcast. Mm